What if I could put him in front of you? The man that ruined your life. If I could guarantee that you'd get away with it, would you kill him? Do I have a choice? You always have a choice. Welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we want to wish you a happy 2015, happy new year. And we are back with kind of a break from our normal routine. Um, We are doing something that isn't so much a classic movie or a classic book, more of a classic author, who just happens to have maybe a not super well-known story that has just recently been adapted into a film. And Colin is looking at me with consternation. I was going to check. I think it was written in the 50s. No, yeah. Well, so yeah. when I say classic, I'm not talking about the pedigree of it. I'm talking about the popularity of it. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. author. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so in this case, the author is Robert Heinlein, and the story is All Is it really Zombies? Heinlein? It is Heinlein, yeah. Really? Yeah, well, that you, makes it, sense given the German nature yeah. of it. So it's not Heinlein. Heinlein. Heinlein, though. I looked it up, and actually on Wikipedia it says Heinlein, and, <laughs> and I looked it up on a Heinlein appreciation site, because right. I wanted to get it right. I was kind of sad that this was our first Robert Heinlein book. Instead of Starship Troopers? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to mix that one in. Uh, the story, I think I might have mentioned it already, but who cares, uh, is All You Zombies, which was published in 1959. Mm-hmm. It's a very short story, and has a current adaptation in limited theaters and video on demand called Predestination, yep, starring Ethan Hawke. And so what we thought we'd do is, while it's still out there and available for people to appreciate, we thought we'd give it a preview and a recommendation on whether or not people should rush out and see it in theaters if they're in a city where it's being played, or if they should see it on video on demand. So before we really get started and do any spoilers on it, I wanted to kind of go around and get an idea from you guys on whether or not you recommend that. And then we can let people drop off, go watch it, if we recommend that. So I don't want to speak for you guys, so so I want to, you know, Colin, what, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I, I totally think it's worth, yeah, I mean, put us on pause, go watch the movie. It costs uh, 7 bucks on Amazon Prime or Vudu. Uh, I think it was seven ninety nine actually, for for HD. It was worth the HD, though. Yeah. It was absolutely. nicely shot. It was. I and then, yeah, you can find the book in a variety of places. It was in which one of his collections? The story was in a collection called The Fantasies of Robert Heinlein um, that I found at our library. Okay. And there is, I'll put, um, in the show notes, I'll put uh, a link to the Blaster article that has uh, a questionable, ped- questionable uh, pedigree EPUB version. Or I guess it was, was it PDF? Yeah, so oddly enough, uh, there are multiple copies of the story online. There's some HTML versions, there are some PDF versions. Um, and you would think that people would be protective of Mr. Heinlein's rights, but... Yeah. Uh, it doesn't appear to be the case, which is, you know, I guess kind of to our benefit. We could have borrowed it from the library and read it, but it'll, you can read it in 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I think it was 13 pages in EPUB. Yes. Uh, it's it's a very, very short story. Yes. Oh, it was only 13 pages? It showed yeah. up as like 50-something pages on my iPhone. Oh, iPhone. <laughs> Small screen. Nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it still took me like, I don't know, Well, from maybe what I... half an hour, a little bit less. Well, I was going back and forth with the stuff, but so not very long enough. From reading on uh, Wikipedia, it said that he wrote it in one day, in in 1958, and then submitted it to Playboy magazine, (laughs) and it was rejected. And then I don't know how he published it after that. Oh, he published it. It went into uh, a magazine. Yeah. Fantasy something or another. Which is funny to go from Playboy (laughs) to a fantasy sci-fi magazine. Well, it's got a timeline (laughs) kick to it. So yeah, uh, the the March 1959 issue of Fantasy and Science Fiction. Nice. 
Oh, so um, something else that would be worth mentioning is kind of our recommendation. Should you read the story first? Should you watch the movie first? So I think I think it's getting a thumbs mm. up from all of us. Go out and, and get it on video on demand. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's the kind of movie that I think science fiction fans should support more than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Quality science fiction movie. So I say go see it. Well, and, and the movie uh, was originally released earlier in 2014 in March at right. a festival, South by Southwest. Um, and it's it's won several awards. It's nominated for a whole bunch more awards. It's it's you know we're not the only people that think it's good. Right. Some people that actually know what they're talking about think that it's good too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I totally think it's worth doing. And oh, but what to do first? Yes. Movie first. Uh, yeah. Without I, a, without a doubt. I agree. Unfortunately, we all watched it the other way, and so right. I feel like we all enjoyed it, and we might have enjoyed it more if we hadn't read the story first. Yes. Yeah. Y- y- you lose the the surprise factor. I mean, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Are we, are we, no, we're not spoiling anything yet. Okay. And so, if oh. you're listening now, all bets are off. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's how we should proceed. From here on, I think we can go full <laughs> spoilers. Yes. Uh, assuming that our listener has gone and at least watched the movie, so we should start going into spoilers, and then we can. I, I guess we can talk about general thoughts. Yeah. Um, it is kind of told in. What would you call it? Like a conversation. It's yeah, the, the there's, there's a lot of voiceover narration where one person is relating a story to someone else. Yep. And mm-hmm. that kind of thing, if you don't like it, that could seriously hamper your enjoyment of it. But I felt like it was executed well enough mm-hmm. that it worked. And that's probably a tribute to the actors. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and we got to say, we haven't, we haven't talked about comparing the book to the movie yet. It is, it is slavishly faithful. <clears throat> it is. It basically adapts... Everything from the story and then adds an extra, like you said, plot thread. Except the ring. That it weaves through it. Just saying. (laughs) And they did get the song, though. That was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. The song was in there. The ring was mentioned, but he didn't wear it. Right. Yeah. Uh, And and it addressed addressed, uh, a couple of questions I had about the story. The movie did and expanded on that. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of looking at this one and and going, is this the perfect middle ground between your philosophy of you got to adapt everything and my idea of, no, 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 you, you need to add something. Because it totally did. It, it adapted everything, and it added something that I felt like improved the story or clarified right. the story. Mm-hmm. Kind of took one of the questions away from it. Because well, I walked I away from the, the story going... I think what going, they added... Well, oh, I was, okay. was going to go on this later, I guess. I, I think we ought to start talking about the plot. Okay. And then right. and then we can begin talking about plot the Plot of the movie or plot of the story? Story. Okay. <laughs> because the story's always right. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Da-da-ch. Okay. So there's a guy that walks into a bar. But um, ching. Ow! <laughs> and he had a bruise. And he had a bruise. <laughs> and he sits down and he starts talking to the bartender. And the bartender offers to, uh, he offers him an entire bottle of whiskey, which they called old underwear. Right. If he can tell him a, a great no, story. No, that's not right. Okay, okay fix it. Oh, me. wait, no. You might be right for the story. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, basically says, if Did you can tell me. an entire bottle of old underwear in the story? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then we finally got to see what old underwear was, because I spent time on Google trying, you know, old underwear, alcohol, old underwear, whiskey. And this what you find is not worth knowing, the, by the way. Make, make a bottle of whiskey going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so except for the home distilling is legal, I would never do that. Yeah. So it's it Dewar's. Is? Yes. <laughs> Dewar's whiskey is what the guy poured. You know, scotch. Yeah. Dewar's is scotch. Dewar's scotch. Yeah. Old underwear. He was in the Navy. I'm trusting his authority <laughs> on scotch. Yes. <laughs> well, that was funny, because... <laughs> He texted me like uh, right, right as he emailed, right as he emailed us the EPUB. He texted me. He's like, "What is old underwear?" And I got it. This is before. This is before I read the story. And I was like, what "The hell are you talking about?" 
what are you texting me this crap for? <laughs> you wonder if somebody. Like, I'll tell you what old underwear is. <laughs> Go get some. Let me send you a picture. <laughs> and so I completely ignored it until I got home later, and then I, I ended up reading the story, and then I'm like. Oh, that's what his text meant. Yeah. I thought it was a mistext or something. Old I thought you were like talking to Kathy or something. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so I'm like, wow, you guys have some interesting texts. Interesting texting, man. Yeah, old underwear is when there's no longer two leg holes. So. <laughs> there's three. <laughs> old, old underwear is when the stripes don't run around the outside. They go up and down through the like, We are way off the rails now. <laughs> Okay, so he offers the guy a bottle of old underwear for telling a better story than what he's ever heard. Yeah. And he begins to say, uh, when I was a little girl. Well, yeah, and this is after he's found out that, that this guy apparently writes right. like an advice column, confession column, mm-hmm. under the pen name of the unmarried mother. Right. That Was that different in the movie than the story? Mm-mm. Not as far as I, I can tell. I thought in the story he had, the bartender had already known... His pseudonym and the unmarried mother, and that he wrote confession stories. You are correct. And then in the but the movie it was it was that's not correct. Yeah, no. Right, I've, I've got the story right in front of me, and yeah. it says says he he poured yeah. a double shot of old underwear. And man, this movie's getting worse and worse. <laughs> no, no. And he asked, how's, "How's the unmarried mother racket?" Right. Yeah. So yeah. And the writer the writer took offense to that. So begins to tell the story that this guy was a little girl. He was a little girl growing up from an mm-hmm. orphanage. She had a really, really, she had a really, really tough life. Wait, we even wait, had problems what? deciding what we were going to call him, her, them. Right. Yeah. Well, in theory, Jane could be both. Yeah. Firefly. Jane, Jane and Firefly is pretty damn awesome. True. Yeah. <laughs> Better beard though. He's 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 got he always has large guns. True. Yeah. Vera. And one big large gun. This this guy this guy relates a story that says he was born a poor black child, right? Who was a girl. Right. Who was a girl. Sorry, she grew up in an orphanage all by herself. Uh, she wasn't like the other girls. Uh, Got to be careful I don't wander away from the story over into the movie. Uh, wanted to go into space. And so she uh, was rejected by the standard ways. And so she tried to come in as a kind of USO kind of person. Yeah, if that's what you want to call it. She <laughs> wanted to be in the, in the, in the Space Corps right. escort program. Yes. 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 Because uh, you're guaranteed a marriage at the end. And uh, just as she's getting ready... Unofficially guaranteed. Yeah, unofficially guaranteed. I'm going to... It seems like uh, such a, a crazy vague. program. It's the flu talking. I've got the story in front of me, so I can, I can, I can Take over, dispel the myths here. Okay. So <laughs> in, in the story, she's going through this program, but she can't enlist until she's old enough. Until then, she was hired out as a mother's helper. Right, where and she's making money and going to charm school. Right. Okay. And right. that's where, then she, she meets somebody, they fall in love, yeah. they start having a Etiquette sorted school. affair. Right. Knocking this is boots. A real thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so then he ditches her, right? Yes. Right. And uh, she, she's not aware that she's pregnant until she's getting ready to go into the program. They wash her out because she's pregnant. Uh, she goes to an unwed mother's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. housing setup. She gives birth. Uh, they have to deliver the baby via a cesarean section, and then she's delivered this huge bombshell. And the bombshell is that she actually is not really a woman. She has full sets of both sets of organs. Um, in fact, it's, they thought it was a miracle she could even conceive as a woman. Right. Right. Intersex is the term. Intersex. Mm-hmm. Not hermaphrodite. <laughs> oh. So, uh, and they have decided for her because, you know, because of the cesarean mm-hmm. section and everything else that they're going to create, turn her into a man. Really, yeah, without even asking her. 
Well, I got the impression there was some kind of irreparable damage to her lady parts. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so she stays in there 11 months. She goes through two or three of her surgeries to look more like a man. They give her hormone therapy. Uh, she says she realizes that it's working well when she starts looking down the nurse's blouses. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the hormones um, are working. Yeah. But then, then they, you know, uh, she leaves the hospital and she has no idea. He has no idea what to do. He doesn't know how to be a man, doesn't have a job, can't rely on her skills back that she learned as a girl. And so um, ends up picking up one of these confession magazines and sits down and studies it and begins writing things with this angle of you know being the un- unmarried mother. Right. Oh, and then the baby. How could you let me get through there? Yeah. So the baby disappears. The baby disappears one month after being born. Just gone. Yeah. So she she has a real anger and hatred towards this guy who ruined her because her life is totally gone now. You exactly. Know, here she's had a baby. At least, you know, she gets turned into a man, but at least she's got her, her child. And then the child is taken away and all she's left with is the bitterness. Right. Right. And a penis. And a penis. <laughs> and the ability to pee standing up. And the ability to pee standing it's up. So quite an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I, I, did, I did like I really that liked the, the way they did it in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I liked the, the kind of smirk on, on the face. Right. They're like, okay, well, you know, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so then we, we flash forward seven years. She's He's in the bar talking with the bartender. The bartender says, if I were to take you over to where this guy was, would you kill him? And she goes, in a heartbeat, not even thinking about it. And he goes... Okay, how about if we do it? Right. And she's like, you got to be kidding me. How do you know this? You just got to trust me. What do you want from this? Well, I do want something from you, but you know, you can go ahead and I'll take you there first. Yeah. So he takes him into a back room and throws a net over them and boom, they travel back in time. Yeah. Right. And so now the things start to make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he introduces the time agent a little bit, but now we have some time travel. Right. And he hands the guy a big uh, bundle of $100 bills. And says, uh, you'll know where to find him. Because, right. you know, he figures that the guy would know his own right. past. He'll know how to find him out. And so then we have this this choice. Right. About how we tell the rest of the story. And I'm going to tell it from the point of the story. Okay. Okay. So the next thing the time travel agent does is jump ahead nine, eleven months. Where he goes into the hospital where Jane has given birth. Oh, Jane right. is the name yeah. of the unwed mother. And takes the baby, goes farther back in time, and drops the baby off at the orphanage where the where the unwed mother, yeah, like unmarried mother, grew up back in 1945. Right. Then jumps back forward in time to one month after he dropped off the unmarried mother, right, and picks him up again. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and he recognizes the time agent, and and there's some discussion of yeah, you couldn't resist, right? It's irresistible to seduce yourself. So we right. we found out that the unmarried mother. Is also the father of her own child. Yes. So, which is all kinds of twisty. And additionally, because he took the baby back in time, it turns out that the baby they give birth to is Jane. Yes. Yeah. Which explains all the messed up genetic expression of sexuality. Probably, yeah. But, but of course, it's it's one huge closed-loop sort of paradox. Yes. Where where did you come from the first time? There is no way to describe what the first time was. Well, it's chicken or egg, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rooster. Rooster. (laughs) (laughs) And so then, and then the bartender takes the unmarried mother farther in forward in time to 1985, where he enlists Mm -hmm. in the time corps. Right. 
Because very unique situation, right? You're somebody who doesn't really have a mother or father or any ties. So makes you the perfect agent. Makes you a good time agent. Then he jumps back to the bar and he picks up the bottle of old underwear because he says, because I want it. (laughs) And so now you know that the person he recruited is himself in the past. Right. And then he jumps to the future and then it gets all messed up. So the final the final timeline is in 1995. I want to say. I will check. You can check you because there there are time codes throughout it, which which are helpful. Yes, and actually in the Wikipedia article for the story, it has it has a like in order. It does have a chronology on there. Okay. And in the show notes, we're mm. going to post a couple of different graphical representations of the loops and the chronologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made one. You don't have to post that one if you don't want to. Sure. Um. I like, in that last part, it's 1993, I'm looking at it, but my favorite is when it says, my eye fell on the bylaws of time over my bed. Yes. And I'm, should I read them, or a couple of them? I don't yeah. want to spoil all of them, but never do yesterday what should be done tomorrow. <laughs> if at last you do succeed, never try again. A paradox may be paradoctored. That's right. I love that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like the way they they did that one in the movie. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, I like that they, they, they didn't go over all of them, but you, you still saw them. Right. You, you got a nod to it. So, very twisty story. Well, then, then the, the tagline. Jane, right. uh, the unwed mother, the time agent, the bartender, develops a headache mm-hmm. and says, I can't take headache powder to make it go away because the last time she did that, everyone else went away. And she says, well, I know where I came from, but how about all you zombies? Right. And that's the ti- that's where the title right. of the story comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were expecting a zombie thriller, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I did put that, when I put a post up on our site um, that said, you know, warning number one, Not there's zombie. no, zombies. no zombies. Warning number two, it's all kinds of twisted. Yes. Yeah. What was your impression of that, that last bit? I don't know. Actually, you you were kind of confused about it, and I gave you my pr- perspective, I guess. But yeah, so and then I read some stuff from those forums online, and I was like, oh yeah, that kind of makes more sense. Well, yeah. the, my perspective was a bit more simplistic than what they were delving into. All right, I'm curious because I wasn't pr- party to this conversation. Well, you um, should have been there to eat donuts. Yeah, shows where your priorities are. Well, you're eating donuts and drinking coffee, right? All right, so what is your perspective then? So let me read the sentence because it says, "I know where I came from, but where did all you zombies come from?" I felt a headache coming on, but a headache powder is one thing that I do not take. I did once, and you all went away. So, And then, what, and then what, the, there's two more sentences in the end of the book. Right? Right. You aren't really there at all. There isn't anybody but me, Jane, here alone in the dark. I miss you dreadfully. Right. What? Yeah, I don't totally get what that ending means. On the forums? Oh, here, what my, was your theory? My, your my theory? take on it was, take this headache powder, it's something akin to, like, crack or cocaine or whatever, and it's something hallucinogen, maybe, mm. which I guess maybe that doesn't do, but anyway, it's, a, it's akin to some, you know, narcotic that makes everyone else kind of disappear, and you turn in, you basically, you take this drug, you turn into a zombie, you're zonked out, mm. and you're unaware of what your environment, what's going on. And you're just in a world of your own. So, and in a, in a, in a way, um, he he is in a world of his own. He is <laughs> very circular, right? <laughs> yeah, he, and that, he that's how himself. that's how I took it. And hmm. then I and then I came across these forums that we linked to, and they were explaining how, from his perspective, he is the only one that exists, because um, for the most part, 
So earlier, early on in childhood, his social life sucks, or mm-hmm. her social life sucks, right? There's not a whole lot of interaction going on, hmm. um, and so she spends a lot of time with herself. So yeah, I guess it's um, kind of right. right. I know where I came from, but I don't know. I can't I don't know where, vouch for the, where all you the origin of any of you. Yeah. It's also kind of a uh, an allusion to I think it's called solipsism. Yes, um, where you don't you, you can't really be sure of anything existing outside of your own mind. It made, it made me think of colorblind tests. One yeah. person sees green, the other guy sees gray. Like, are you really seeing green? Are you really seeing gray? Right. Are you yeah. colorblind? Is it really subjective? Or <laughs> yeah. but anyway, I don't know. I so I had one other idea that and that just kind of came to me. What what if somehow he took headache powder? It somehow knocked him out, mm-hmm. and he was not able to go and do whatever he needed to do in time. And when he didn't exist, all of a sudden, some something awful happened to right. the rest of the universe. I, but then I don't know how he would have fixed it. Then he travels back in time. By traveling back in time. Because, because <laughs> he has to keep doing, intervening in the timeline as a temporal agent in order to make sure that he exists. If he failed to do any of those things, then he wouldn't come to be. Right? True. So he's kind right. of locked into what he has to do. So he knows exactly where he came from. I don't know. It's, it's puzzling. Uh, we would definitely welcome twisty. your feedback <laughs> if you have read the story or watched the movie and, and you understand what the ending of it is. So, because the the movie does kind of stay consistent with it, though mm-hmm. we're going to have to, I think, move into talking about the film and the addition that it makes. Yes, which I like the addition actually. I do but. too, actually, because one one of the main questions was, okay, so you've gone, you've looped through time a little bit, mm-hmm. so you're older and you're coming back in time. You'd still think you would recognize yourself. That was my big right. beef. Yeah, and there's still the movie still has part of that. Right, where would a woman recognize herself after she had turned into a man? That that was one question. But then, right. then in the bar, wouldn't the man recognize himself as a slightly older man? Yes, I think they handled both instances very well. I thought they did too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then the in in the movie, there's there's the revelation to the let's call him John, and let's call her Jane, just yeah. just for talking points. Okay, sure. Jane bumps into John. Right. Which was something mm-hmm. that Jane remembered happening to her as to how they met the guy. And so he realizes he is the one that is going to fall in love with her yeah. and father the baby and then leave her. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, he goes ahead and does it anyway. Right. And you can see there's a good scene where they're kind of at a cafe or something and they're, they're sitting at a table and he's demonstrating that he has great insight into what's going on between her ears. Right. <laughs> but yes. you can kind of see him battling himself. Like, should I be doing this? You know, and I, I thought it was well acted. Well, and it, it comes back in later toward the end of the movie. Yeah. He, he is then put into the same situation again. Mm-hmm. Although from the opposite standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Instead of being the later version of himself. Yeah, this all gets so confusing to, yeah. to even talk about it. <laughs> so the way the movie solves the problem of uh, old John versus young John <clears throat> is that... Uh, it introduces a new plot thread. It introduces a new plot thread and, called the Fizzle Bomber. Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. So we know that the temporal agent, who whose name is John, obviously, does something. There's some reason for his job to exist other than to perpetuate himself. In the timeline, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and that's in, you, you can read the story and go, okay, is he really the only person? Does, does he have another part of his job or is his whole job to ensure his own existence? Because that wouldn't really make sense unless he was so crucial to the universe that he had to do it. Yeah. Even so, how would someone outside him know that he was crucial? Um, and so 
the film introduces the the role of the temporal agent, and it's probably we, we ought to mention that it's definitely alternate history. Yeah, it goes with the timeline right. that that Heinlein laid out. Timeline, Heinlein, a Heinlein timeline, a, Heim, a Heinlein timeline. Might <laughs> huh. be a good episode title. Um, so the book the book was written in the fifties. Yes, and so from his perspective, everything was future, and so totally plausible. But from our perspective, now we look back and we see 1975 and we're like, yeah, I don't think there was time travel back then. Um, or right. th- there were no Zeppelins. Um, there I was, were no I was, Zeppelins. I was a little surprised. There was no space travel. Right. Right. But, you know, as far as, as not well, being any was. time travel, maybe we just don't know about it. True. They're very subtle. So it establishes... No space travel. Time travel. There's no no, time no travel. interstellar travel. And in uh, the 60s, there was no interstellar right. travel. True. Yeah. There was travel to the moon. Yeah. So the... Uh, what do they call it? I was to say, there was space travel. <laughs> the Women's Hospitality and something or other Corps. Which is Women's Emergency National Corps Hospitality and Entertainment Section. That's right. <laughs> what they now call Space Angels. Um, yeah, so it, it establishes that the Temporal Corps goes and tries to prevent tragedies from happening. Which right. is interesting because it doesn't even get into any of the causality of that and what kind of ripple effect there could be from saving, right? Uh, you know, stopping stopping a mass murder or something. But then the movie establishes that this particular agent has been chasing a bomber who mm-hmm. who has lots of bombings through history, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been able to catch him. Right, and in fact, in the beginning of the movie, he tries to catch him, and he gets caught in one of the explosions right. when he's trying to put the bomb into this. Bombproof case is what I guessed it was. Well, yeah, he prevents right. the bomb from going off and and killing probably more people, but he is dreadfully burned. Right. But with the future tech of 1985 or whatever it was, <laughs> um, they're able to apply skin grafts and and there's an interesting conversation between him. 92, I think, is when he okay. fast forward into the yeah right the so skin grafts and all that. Jazz. But the doctor is talking to him and he introduces the concept of too many jumps and you start to have some kind of cognitive deterioration or, or psychosis Mm -hmm. but the skin grafts will heal just fine you'll look different but you'll get used to it essentially was what he said and so then all of a sudden you have this is what he looks like it's ethan hawk right ethan hawk that solves our problem number one well and his his vocal cords were damaged too right right yeah so his voice lower more gruff yeah so he more manly he he gets an assignment to to track down the fizzle bomber the assignment finally came through and there's throughout the movie there's a voiceover that is obviously like being recorded, tape recorded. From him. From him. Right. Right. Kind of Sarah Connor uh, style from right. from the end of the commander. <laughs> yes. Uh, for John. He's like leaving advice for himself, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. Which would totally make sense. And it reminded me of Primer, because at some True. point during Primer, right. he's listening to headphones, <laughs> and it's himself. He's listening to conversations as they were recorded the last time through a loop. Yes. Yeah, which is wacky. Well, and it, it plays off at one point, right? He had to remember to have a coat and a hat. Right, because it's cold. Because yeah. it's cold, and so he opens the door, and boom, there's a coat and a hat in the closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like you said, the the movie introduces that storyline, and it effectively shows you, okay, here's why he looks so different. Um, well, and it, and it gave him a different purpose through the movie. It, it gave it gave a plot thread that connected the other part of the narrative, because really the story is a vignette. 
It's, it's, oh, I'm, I'm going to play around. I'm messing around. I'm writing this in one day. Wouldn't it be fun if I had somebody mm-hmm. that was a snake that eats its own tail? You know? Yes. Um, a complete paradox. Right. And that's fun and everything, but I'm, and you might argue, no, that'd make a great movie. Okay, but it would leave some questions, like yes. we were talking about. And so I feel like it gives him an extra, it gives an extra place for it to go without being just a cute story. Yes. And not a cute story. It's all kinds of twisted. Right. Well, and it, it leaves with a twist. The, the movie does not resolve. No, it doesn't. I mean, we understand the story of John and Jane and the bartender. Um, and I have to confess that, you know, I, I mentioned at like five minutes from the end, I was totally confused, which was surprising because I've read the story. Mm-hmm. And so I should know, but I had forgotten because there was a confrontation and... I had miscounted how many people were involved in the confrontation in the film. Yes. So I thought there were only two, and I'm like, wait. Oh, when he finds the bomb? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I couldn't... I was trying to figure out, does John know that he's the bomber? So that's that's the other reveal, obviously. Right. And you, you're listening to this if you've seen it, and if not, then, well... That's sorry. your own fault. Yeah. Too bad. Um, <laughs> and and I, was, I was forced to go, yes, of course he knows he's the bomber, because he got burned. But I had forgotten that he got burned before he turned into Ethan Hawke. Yes. Right. Um, and when they showed the burn victim, you could see that the face was slightly different. That it was definitely the the lady who played no. the unmarried mother. I don't think. Yeah, he. Did, I don't think he knew he was a bomber until no. he tracked himself down. Because it was an older that. version of him. Because right. I was trying. I was. I was going. Okay, it's got to be an older version. We knew he was a bomber. I didn't. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. I mean that that was my theory. My, that was my working theory. But I I I was like, are, are they going to give us a definite reveal that shows that he's the bomber? Which they right. did. True. My my deduction on why he was the bomber is because they. They kept true to the story, in my opinion, for yeah. that reason. I was trying to figure out what his the bomber. I was trying to figure out what his motivation would be because I thought, okay, he's still angry. His need about motivation. Something. He went senile. He's all kinds of crazy, messed up from right. The, and they introduced that in the too film. much time yeah. traveling. But when he's in the end, when young, when old John meets the bomber, the bomber now begins to very coherently describe everything he did and yeah, why. But they they set it up for him becoming the bomber with that comment from the doctor. It, you, you travel too many times, your head starts getting yeah. weird, you're going to start getting... Uh, well, and we, what we, was the word? <laughs> deterioration. There you go. Yeah. Deterioration. But, yeah. Or psychosis. My vocabulary is going... But <laughs> what we didn't mention was that he completes his mission, he fails to apprehend the bomber. Mm-hmm. Right. And But then he retires, because he's made too many jumps. Right. And so right. the last jump is to wherever he decides to retire. Well, he decides to retire to New York. Right. The same 1975. year. Yeah, the, well, no, 1970. Oh, 1970? He, re- he retired in New York in 1970, and the bomb is supposed to go off in 1975. Okay, okay. Okay. Because he, he, his last mission, yeah, and it's supposed retiring, to be the was deadliest. involving finding the bomber. It's supposed to be the deadliest bombing, right? Right, yeah. 11 city blocks. 11,000 11, people. 11,000 people. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. several city blocks, killing 11,000 people. Right. And so, you know, he arrives there, and he's got a sealed envelope that mm-hmm. he's evidently going to try and use to still track down the bomber right. without using any time manipulation. Right. And then he goes to shut down his, his time travel equipment, which we need to discuss as well. Right. And it errors. And and I thought, the moment that happened, I thought, okay, the bomb's going to go off right now, roll credits. And I would have been okay with it, but it would have been a little... Well, it would have been a wait, wrong year. What? It would have been too pat. I didn't. I wasn't paying that close of oh. attention. I would have... I still swear no, it was, it was 1975. No, it was, it was 1970. Okay. 
It was the wrong year for the bomb to go off. Okay. But I did kind of, you're right though, I did have a guy, <laughs> this tick in the back of my head, is the bomb going to go off now? Right. Is that yeah. actually it? And they yeah, screwed so up can, the timeline. That's that's the way they <laughs> take care of making sure he doesn't screw anything else up. They kill right. him off they after, kill him. after he's assured that right. he exists. Yep. But um, So the time travel equipment, this is a change from the book. No, no, let's come back to the time travel equipment. Okay. Let's and finish the end of the plot, otherwise I think it'd right. be too jumpy. Right. Right. So yeah, his his equipment errors. Right. And so that's when you, you kind of get the first idea that, oh, okay, so he can still use that to go through time and do whatever he wants to do. Right. And if he happens to be a bomber, he could plant bombs at different pla- different times without leaving a linear trail. Right, because he could go and jump around within the 62 years that you're allowed to from you know, zero. Oh, yeah, I did mention that... Uh, 53 fi- years. 53 years from, from the invention of time travel in 1981. Yes. Right. Which, which I think I shouted out, no, wait, it was 1985. Right. <laughs> um, and thereby going more insane, more... Uh, right. You know, deteriorating more, losing his mind more. Yeah, and so in the end, he ends up meeting himself, and they have this talk. And the guy says, "Well, you know, you don't know what I have done. Why I set these bombs? I set these bombs to stop these other people. And yes, right. it cost a few people, but I right. saved in so many things, which are so much better. Which is an exact echo of what the head of the Time Corps told him earlier in the movie. Yeah. And so then the bartender is left with this decision: I've got a gun, I've got the bomber. It's me in the future. Right. I know what my future is going to be." Uh, what am I going to do? And the bomber tells him that if you shoot me, it starts the series of events. Right. right. Which I think was, was either great bluffing or great oh, yeah. truth-telling. It, it, yeah, it would have been great manipulation. Right. right. You can't shoot me, otherwise you become me. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's a impossible choice. But you can't not shoot him, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And have so two he, of him poking around. Yeah. So then he shoots him. Or he can mm-hmm. shoot him and, and the movie try ends. and not become him, but... Obviously yeah. that fails, but <laughs> yeah, and I liked I liked the way it ended with you know he shoots him and then then you have kind of the voiceover that uses the, that actually mentions all you zombies. Yep. Um, we should also mention one thing that we all liked was that there was a nod to Robert Heinlein. Yeah, there was a book on a desk of one of the space angels, right. and yeah. it was Stranger in a Strange Land. <laughs> right. But it was upside down and backwards. You no, have to no, that was read when it. he moved to New York. Was that she, when he moved to New York? Uh, no, he yeah well, yeah it was when yeah. he moved to New York and started typing. Uh, After next to the typewriter was the book. Yeah, yeah. Stranger in a Strange Land. That that was a cool. That one. was funny. <laughs> and so you're you're kind of left wondering what will happen to the bartender in the future. Will he go and then fulfill the mission? Right, right. Um, that end dialogue didn't make sense to me though. It seems like they just threw it in there because it was from the story. Yeah, I I think I'd agree. I, I wasn't sure that it was. I, it was yeah. a little discordant, but it seemed very out of place. How are you going to put something like that in place, though? Because it has no binding in the story itself. Right. No, we true. mentioned it's confusing, and, and in the that's story. why it didn't make any sense to me. It, it, it was com- totally off left field, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Just making sure I was the one that felt that way. So we mentioned that there's the additional plot thread of the uh, yeah. that, that goes, mm-hmm. you know, that has the fizzle bomber uh, kind of woven throughout the story, and it's I I think it's pretty artfully done. Yeah, it it kind of brought the story together and, and made it less of a vignette and more of a whole story. Um, but there's also some additions in there where they, they fleshed out certain things, like like going to Space Girl School. And orphanage time. Yeah. And, okay, so let's talk about the look of the movie. Because when, when I first saw the trailer for it, I thought, oh, cool, it's kind of retro looking, you know? Maybe it's noir style or something. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's set in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. in this slightly alternate history where there's a space agency. Right. That, uh, well, there was a space agency, but where there's... Commercial space travel. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and I really liked 
when she's in Space Girl School and and she's doing some kind of simulator with like the space ball helmet on. Oh, <laughs> connected, connected to some kind of cable. Yes. Um, and it just it looked really cool. And and it, I think I'm not sure. It looked like a hairdryer almost. Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, and so so it was just funny on several levels, but right. but also just really the colors were really vibrant. That like the outfits that the ladies were wearing in the sixties. Yeah. yeah, was cool and. They fleshed out the character a little bit and said that she was sort of exceptional. She was really smart. She's really tough. Yes. I don't know. I thought it was shot really well. I enjoyed the look of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and the sound was done really well. Aside from that loud guy that was crunching potato chips in the beginning, <laughs> which was me. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah. I will say that a story like this works really well on paper because you can't see any faces. And I was wondering how are they going to keep us from seeing key faces during this and they did a good job of like the 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 meet cute of jane and john the first time you see it you don't you don't see john's face right and the next time through you're kind of expecting it um but yeah i thought that was i thought that was well Well, i thought that was one uh i don't know if it was a reason but maybe one of the things that they solved by introducing this fizzle bomber thread was they were able to introduce a reason for burning his face and turning him into ethan hawk versus yeah, another yeah, yeah, absolutely. Version of Sarah, something or another. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking that that's how it went in the in the um, script room or whatever, right. where, where they went. Okay, look, we we, we need to have yeah, an right. excuse to have two different actors. Yeah, yeah, and so what what can we do to justify that? Plastic yeah, surgery. My, my, to me, the two the two main reasons of having that thread was a you make the story more substantial, mm-hmm. and b you turn. Uh, that person, Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah, you had to have a plausible reason for the, right. the face yeah, to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it totally made sense to me. Yeah, but they could have they could have copped out and gone. True. I decided to move to New York and get plastic surgery and reinvent myself <laughs> completely, and that would that would have been, I think, kind of a crappy way to do it. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have made as much sense. Where this this they decided, okay, right. no, let's have him horribly burned. Then how could it be horribly burned? And they, and they need yeah. you know they needed to do something else to make it a more substantial plotline to a more substantial movie. Right. Yeah, I thought it was a better way to end it with the confrontation where I'm not going to become you, mm-hmm. which was echoed from the, you know, I don't, I'm not going to leave her. I'm not going to do that. And, th- and then later on, faced with the same Did situation. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. And that's why he's going to become the bomber anyway. Yeah. Anything else to talk about? You wanted to talk about the time machine. The time machine, yes. So it's clear in the story right. that it's some kind of net that you throw over somebody yeah. and he even talks about the technique for doing it where you get in too close to them you throw it behind them mm-hmm. and so they they back into it right it gives a little bit of tension and you got to be sure to get it all the way underneath them but not too deep because otherwise you take a bunch of, ch- of, of floor with you right. Right. versus chopping people off at the ankles yeah you lose you cut off the soles of their shoes or something <laughs> so what did you want to talk about and in the movie it's a violin case with, yeah. with, with cool dials on it. Yes. So it, it, it was still and kind of... And a lot of, of jump wash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it was a little... It just kind of seemed steampunky to me. Yeah. With, with, with the analog, analog dials on it. Still. No, no, I thought it was cool, too. Yeah. So Well, it has to be period realistic. Other people may see it. Yeah. And so it looks like the standard True. set of locks for dial locks. Right, mm, like a combo yeah. lock for your violin case or something. Totally. Oh, but he actually he actually did a little bit of exposition about it. And said that you, you program in the time, it calculates a safe, nondescript place to jump. Right, where there won't be any conflicts. Site. Yeah. Which, which I thought was cool. I'm not sure if there's any other plot things that we need to talk about, other than just kind of wrapping up here. The movie is faithful to the story 
right down to the song that was playing in the bar. Yes. Which was right. cool. <clears throat> I mean, there, there are some differences here and there, but I, yeah. I kind of feel like they were understandable, like the, like the change in technology. You know the, the visual style of it. Yeah, obviously, you're sure. moving into a visual medium, so you might adjust anything to. <laughs> that would have been kind of weird to see Ethan Hunt throw a net over himself and. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, instead it's like you got you got to stand close to it, and and like you said, like there was a a rush of wind. Right. Like it was taking yeah. taking the atmosphere, and you know the, the, there might be a difference in pressure between the two places. Right. Well, and then you're inserting this mass here, so you're displacing mm-hmm. air. Right. Yeah, it doesn't go into any of the... You'd have to feed negative energy back in in order to compensate for it or something. But No, 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 no. That's okay. But yeah, the dialogue, a lot of the dialogue is lifted directly from the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the narration almost comes right from the story. And I like how the narration... We always get the same narrator, just from different points of time. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh, it's John narrating himself in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, but with Jane's voice, sometimes it's John talking about himself. Sometimes it's the bartender right. doing the recordings. Yeah. I just, I would, uh, I want to know how the movie ends. I want to know what he decides it, it, as a movie. I think it works. I got sucked <laughs> into it. Well, you, yeah, you have to decide if you believe the bomber. Is that how the loop starts by killing himself? Or even does he have a choice? Right. Cause in the past he hasn't had any choices. Yeah, and and that's that's where the name of the movie comes from, right? There are certain things that just have to happen. Yeah, because if he doesn't become the bomber, he won't have those assignments and do those things, and his face won't change, mm-hmm. and it might affect his recruiting. Yeah. yeah. Well, if he doesn't become the bomber, there's almost a chance that that temporal agency itself won't exist. I thought it was interesting that there was there was another player in there as well, Robertson from the agency. Right, who I thought I thought gave some some cool little hints and nudges kind of throughout it, and I was thinking right. at some point he looks enough like Ethan Hawke that I could see him <laughs> being one version of himself. Oh, that would be evil. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why I was a little confused because I'm like, hey, is that going to be him? Because part of it was he had a mustache, and Ethan Hawke had a mustache. Yes. And, and as far right. as I as far as I'm concerned, people with mustaches must be related. <laughs> yeah. So the movie has really positive reviews. And I want to say yeah. it had a seventy percent positive on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I wanted to, to mention um, in the Wikipedia article it mentions that there's other Heinlein stories that kind of run on similar themes. Eighty three percent on oh. Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty good. Yeah. So I, I have questions back for you guys, right? Go for it. A lot of what we've talked about is canonicity, right? And I'm going to stand and point at the clock and say eight o'clock, uh-huh. and say that one of the things, if you like the story, you're go, you're probably going to like the movie as well. And you contrast yeah. that with They Live, 8 o'clock in the morning itself, mm-hmm. right? It takes the, the very essence of the story and makes a movie. And it was a pretty fun movie. Yeah. So how, how did you feel about it? I mean, was it was it too canonical? Was it... Um, you know, there's no way to know how I would have liked it without having read the story. And so I don't feel like I can totally mm-hmm. say... Well, okay. I can say I really enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not sure that the canonicity of it makes a difference to me. But... I you know I read the story and I liked the story so I was perfectly happy to have a faithful adaptation. I've never been against it. I'm just I'm just a little more open <laughs> to liking a movie on its own merits and and saying yes it's an adaptation it's a very loose one. Yes. Um this is a very faithful adaptation with an extra plot thread in there that I feel like clarifies and improves the story a little bit. So this one's kind of easy to like because of its canonicity. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, see, that, that's... Because it can encompass the canonicity of the story and still add more to it and become a movie. Right. I do feel like there are times where high fidelity to the source material could be to the detriment of a film. To bring up Jurassic Park, for example. No, not necessarily. It's, no, yes, it's, necessarily. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree with James that I, I prefer the film version of that story. But that's not saying that if they had made different choices and stuck closer to the original, that I wouldn't have also liked that more than the story. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I have a hard time separating the two. I liked it, and it's it's quite faithful, and it's okay. I don't, I don't have any cognitive dissonance about it. Okay. You know, maybe for future, we should always make sure that for smaller ones like this, that we hang somebody out. So that they can experience the yeah. movie and then read the short story. Sure. You know, with larger things like, you know, if we do The War of the Worlds mm-hmm. or some of the other, uh, you know, larger forms of science fiction books, mm-hmm. that would yeah. be harder to do. We have done that, though, with our very first episode. You and I had already seen The Day the Earth Stood Still, True. and James had not. So he read I the story and then just did it with Minority Report. Because you had already seen the film? Mm-hmm. I remembered the film very well. And when reading the book, or movie... Yeah, well, I won't get into it. Yeah, we'll talk about what we're going to do next. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get back to that, because I think we're all in the same boat there. I'm not sure any of us read right. that story before we watched the movie. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I think but, Colin's point is we need to have variations no, yeah, I, I on, on the order. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you did that with uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, you I read, the I read it late. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's some change in perspective that, that, that happens there, because we've talked about, right, what is the true story here? And right. in this case, they're both the true story. It's just... The the written version of it. Let me ask you a question tell with regard to that, though. Okay. So, with what you just said, we're in in both cases. They're both the true story because the movie has taken in the whole book and added a little bit more to it. Right. Right. Now, what if they had made the bomber someone else than John Jane, et cetera, et cetera, like Robertson? Yeah. Somebody. I, I think, yeah, that crossed my mind as well. Actually, right? I think to for me it would have been. To the detriment of the story itself, to make the bomber anyone else besides uh, Ethan Hawke's character, right? right? It, yeah, it, it kind and of, and that's kind re- of that's kind of what I, and that's kind of how I figured the bomber was him mm-hmm. fairly early on in the yeah, movie, yeah. and at, at the end, it just kind of confirms my suspicion. So I have, because the story is about him, yeah. The, the whole story is about him, mm-hmm. and so for the bomber to be anybody else but him would ruin the story for me. Yeah. I will say that I had that inclination as well right. while watching the movie, but I felt like the storytelling was effective enough that I wasn't no, sure. Yeah, sure. Until the very end. <clears throat> so, so yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to rank them, and that is, I think, where we're headed next. Yes. Yes. So, who wants to, should I go first this time? You should. Because, sure. see, if I make Colin <laughs> go first every time, then he's going to think that I just pick right. differently than him just to mess with him. <laughs> Which is completely true, but, um, no, it's... It, <laughs> I'll not, go first until you like the movie better. Huh. Okay. All right, there you go. Uh, I, I agree with James. Actually, <laughs> I like the movie version of the story because I felt like it answered a key question, fleshed out certain parts of the story right. um, that I thought was overall an improvement. So, But it's close. I like them both. Yeah. If, so I will say, if you like really twisted science fiction, this is, a this good is probably right oh, up your Oh, it's going to be right up your alley. Yeah. 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 How about you, James? No, he already said. I just said. You said? I, I, yeah, I like, I, like the, I like the story better because I like... I liked the addition of the bomber thread, and I like that they made it him. So you like the movie better than the short story? Yeah. Okay. You just said, I like the story better, but you meant the movie story. The story that presented in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my thing for preferring movie over book is the story that's told. 
Yes. If well, the movie is a better story, then I like it better than this than the novel mm-hmm. or short story, whatever we're reading. Yeah. And if what we're reading is a better story than what we're watching, I'll prefer what we're reading. Right. It just happens more often than not that to me, what I'm reading is a better story than what I'm watching. Yeah. But you do you will say in this case I will say like, in this case I like the story the movie tells more so than the story that the novel or right. the novella, whatever you want to call it, tells. Yeah. Okay. Colin? I want an insertion of a little uh, sound effect here. <laughs> okay. I want the hang on to your butts quote from Hold Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. Okay. Hold I, on to I your butts. Hold on to your butts. I like the movie better than the short story. <laughs> All right. Because it added things with a thing which cleared up things for us. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. addition of, of the Fizzle movie bomber line did not detract from the original. Right. I, yeah. got, I got the whole story and right. more and I liked it. Okay. This is this is a clarification. It's it's the the evolution of, of our understanding of <laughs> yes. Colin's hang-ups. Yes. Um, it's not that you mind deviations from the story as long as the whole story is there. Right. Yeah. And the deviations don't detract from it. Yeah. Which I feel like in this yeah. case they they kind of clarify and that's why I asked the question about if the bomb was someone else would that have been detrimental to the story? Yeah, I think I think it would have. Yeah, yeah. I, for, for me, that's why I pref- that's why I prefer the story the movie tells. Yeah. But I think if the story if the story the movie tells had been different than the overall story of what the book was saying, it yeah. would have been worse, and I would have. Liked I, it I will say that I feel like it's possible they could have set it up so that would have worked. You know, to like have Robertson be maybe the bomber or something, but they didn't, and it's right. it's going into complete yeah fan fiction at that point. So, yeah, we are definitely giving a solid recommendation to watch definitely. the movie, support this kind of thing, because, yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. And it's beautifully shot. I felt like it was well acted. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I was going to say, I I read another Heinlein short story called By His Bootstraps, substantially longer than this one, but I, I had read that it was examined similar themes. I can definitely say that it does. I was hoping it was going to be set in the same universe. Which it wasn't. So if you're going to go read by his bootstraps, don't go in thinking it's going to be in the same universe. But it's very similar in terms of kind of the motifs in it. Also, I previously read a book called The Man Who Folded Himself, which has some very <laughs> similar themes in it as well. Maybe I'll I'll, so I'll post uh, in the show notes. I'll put the I, I wrote a review of that one a couple of years ago when I read it, and I'm actually currently reading a book called Man in the Empty Suit, which has some similar sort of time travel by the same person to the same time period and and it's an interesting book i've only i've only read the first chapter but but i think it's it's going to be good and i actually heard on it heard about it uh on another podcast called two book minimum which is run by the guy who does uh, better book titles so interesting podcast uh we didn't mention that it's uh, been nominated for a whole slew of awards mm-hmm. such uh, as uh, several australian science fiction movie awards do those count and then uh, they, they swirl the other Toronto's <laughs> After Dark Movie Festival nominated it. Oh, cool! In several like, several occasions, several different awards. Yeah, I would be surprised if it didn't get some like Nebula or Saturn consideration. Yeah. So yeah, go out and watch it. It's going to cost you you know seven or eight bucks to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, supports independently made science fiction movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know the the movie is reminiscent to some extent of Primer in terms of the twistedness of it. Yeah. It's more twisted in some ways and much less twisted in other ways. It's not nearly as complicated. I think it is comprehensible, where Primer I'm not sure is. Yeah. So uh, why don't we wrap up and talk about what we're going to do next time? Okay. Boy, yeah, we went back we and forth several time? times. 
about what we're going to do next time. <laughs> we sure did. Well, <laughs> I, so I've been re-listening to all our old podcasts, um, trying to make supercuts of all of us making fools out of ourselves. Won't be hard. And at some point, I'll post them not as episodes, but just as you know, no episode number, but you know, the right. Colin Smash. Uh, it's our April cut. Fools episode, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, that'd be a good one. Um, but. We we have mentioned things that we're going to be doing next and then never done them. Like the, the the whole first season, we were talking about doing Day of the Triffids, and we did it as the last episode, as episode number 10. And right, right now, we have been kicking along Invasion of the Body Snatchers since the beginning of this True. season. I think in War of the Worlds. We mentioned so, that already a few times. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I'm not sure... <laughs> and that's if, on the docket to get nickered. Yeah, we should probably get together and figure out what we're going to do the rest of the season. Um, obviously, we do want to leave some flexibility in case somebody gets a hold of us and asks us to do a particular thing. Um, but we do have we do have a plan, I think, for the next one to make it an easy one. This time of year is busy for me because of my son's swim schedule. Right. And we just got through with my busy season with my kids being in marching band and yeah. all. So, uh, James, I think we considered this one my pick or your pick. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah. We, we had considered this one my pick. And then you were going to pick, you were going to do War of the Worlds. Right. Um, and maybe we'll get to that one at some point. But the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast just did it. Right. So uh, I feel like we could let it lie for a while and get back to it if we wanted yeah. to. And you said they did a really good job, even they though did, they didn't yeah. talk about the book. They mentioned the book and that it was worth reading. Mm. Um, so maybe when we get back to it, then we can talk more about that. But we can let that lie for a while. Yeah. Um, so we decided let's do something else that's short and that only has one film. Yes, and we picked another Minority Tom Cruise Reports. movie. Yes, Minority Report, mm-hmm. which is Philip K. Dick, which is good. And then James had picked Total Recall. Yep. And so maybe we'll do back to back PKD also titles. Philip K. Dick. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, but that's two movies, so that's that's kind True. of sliding us, you know, taking it easy, getting into the new year, doing very right. short story mm-hmm. movie, and then not quite so short story movie. Two movies. Two movies. No, no, no. I'm. Uh, Minority Report. Is just oh, Total yeah. Recall. And yes, two movies. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's that's a fairly short story. Wait, are we doing Total one's... Recall next or Minority Report next? Minority Report. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what, 30-page story? Something yeah. Like that. So, Not bad. Easy to read in a day or two, depending. Well, and interesting, it has the same kind of uh, time loop effect. Yeah, and the questions about predestination. Yes. And causality or, like, uh, free will. In any case, for next time, the assignment is to read... The Minority Report by Philip K. Dick, which is in a number of anthologies. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll put in a link to ISFDB, which has a listing of all the anthologies that The Minority Report is in. Oh, yeah. I know that it is in Selected Stories from Philip K. Dick, which is available from the Nook store for pretty cheap, I think. At least it was when we picked it up. Yeah, it was $1.99. The sale may still be going on. Yeah. Or you can probably find it online in a variety of places. And then it's one movie, which I've actually already watched with my son. Mm-hmm. I was curious to see how he'd follow it, oh, or yeah. what he'd think of it. All right. So yes, Minority Report, which will be our episode. We'll, we'll see. We'll be posting this one before the end of the month. We've been posting things. You know, our last one went up on Christmas. Um, this one is more time sensitive than usual because the limited release and video on demand. Right. We'd like to be able to think we can influence ones of people to, <laughs> to go pick it up. <laughs> Ones of people. Yeah. So, so Minority Report being another short form, Colin, you had, you had been agitating for doing more than one episode in January. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, I think with my schedule coming up, it might be best just to kind of have one in the... In the bag. Yeah, in the chamber. 
Okay. To go for February. So, and then get into the slightly longer total recall for, for March. And then we'll try and plan things out from there. Maybe, maybe eventually we get to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We have a new logo coming out soon. Yes, that yeah. will be cool. Yep. Alicia Volkman of Bouncing Bomb Games drew that for us. And it's based on our, our beautiful uh, pencil sketch that was made. Just by Stephen Rasher. By Stephen Rasher. Mm-hmm. So uh, be looking for that as well. Give us some feedback about that too if you want. Done? Yep. Finished? Give us the blessing, dude. I, I, my turn again? Your turn again. <laughs> yeah, I can you remember it. what happened last time you asked me to do it? You, you, sure. mo- you modified it. <laughs> All right, here, I'll, I'll go with another modification of it. Okay. Well, the original is, uh, may the road rise up to meet you, and may the book always fall open to where you left off. But I'm going to go with a different one. I didn't even do the, for Colin and James, I'm Seth, and we are the Pavement Pounders, and we'll look for you next time. Until then, the Pavement Pounders blessing, modified slightly. <laughs> may the road rise up to meet you, and may the DRM never fail on your ebook reader. Right? No? No, no nice. DRM. No DRM. And, and no may, DRM. may your ebooks be DRM free. Is that better? Yes. Now you're talking about it. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll put that one in the shoot as a, as a potential sign off. All right. Thanks. Bye, everybody. It's the book that ate itself. This is the kind of thing where, since we're doing it so soon after we saw it and it's still available for video on demand, right. I can get it up. <laughs> I can get it up this week. Just got to work myself up to it. Um, I've already gotten up several yeah, times. Take, this take, week. Takes a little effort. Um, I thought I thought it was skillfully enough done. Skillfully, yeah. skillfully enough. I'm, no, no, I'm not no, even no. going to try and finish that sentence. I, it's the last all, that whole part is getting chucked. So. <laughs> okay, good. Um, uh, I don't know where we were. Where were we? When? Uh, more importantly, when? When were we? When were we? What you looking at, Colin? I'm just making sure that you're right. Okay. I always like assurances that I'm right. Um, maybe I'll put a link to ISFDB that has has a link of all or has a listing of all the current the. I'm never going to get the sentence out. Uh, maybe I'll. <laughs>